Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, hello. Nice, nice. I like that little dance you were just doing there. I hope the listeners got some sort of sense of the dance I was doing there with their ears. I won't describe it. You'll have to just use your imagination. Yes. I believe our listeners to be creative people. I hope so. Well, some of them. I know they are. Yeah. Mm. And if you're not, then that's fine too. It's all good. In the chamber. In yes. the chamber where you are right now with us, the elders of yes. the chamber. The sanctum of wisdom. The wisdom <laughs> sanctuary where knowledge is kept secret. Well, it's not secret. We have a podcast. <laughs> we are recording it. a podcast and <laughs> releasing it publicly. Yeah. But the location of which yeah. only a savvy, battered listener would uh, <laughs> appreciate and be able to work out where we reside. And only savvy, battered listeners will recall that little in-joke, mm-hmm. long-term listeners. <laughs> if you don't get the joke, then... Fuck you. No, listen to... <laughs> <laughs> don't tell... Don't say that to listeners. Sir. They know I don't mean it. You know I love you, baby. Yeah, it's cool. How have you guys been, anyway? Yeah, been good. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. All, all the elders were at a social event last night. We've had a, a whole weekend of social engagement. Actually, yeah, we were in some random kitchen in Hunslet, punting the podcast, weren't we, on yeah. Friday? That was a good time. That a- was a really good time. After a disappointing Wu-Tang gig for me and Elder Pa. Uh, we went and saw Jizza, the supposed genius. And, uh, yeah, it was very, uh, very disappointing. We'll just leave it at that. It was very, very, very disappointing. It was almost as bad as Ghostface Killer was last year. Yeah, Jizzer and Ghostface, if you're listening and you want to respond, get in touch at uh, elderschamber.gmail.com. Because I really don't know how you could defend that set. People are all over the Facebook <laughs> event, have you seen? Just Still today. Asking for their two, money two back. Two days later, people beefing. It's so, not yeah. just us. Shame on you. Shame. on you. When you step through to the Belgrave and do a bad set. I <laughs> wasn't at Belgrave, it was at Stylus. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Back to the topic at hand. Have you the die of power, Elder I Stevenson? do. As always, three topics for the elders. <sighs> Snog, I'm missing again. Where no, no, is it's it? right here. All oh, right, you're good, good. And I shall roll it now. It's a number two. That's me. It's Matt. Ooh. Eternal number two. A special Ooh. one. Okay. Uh, I believe, you, away. Elder Joe, you sent me this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, this upcoming Sunday, it's Easter Sunday. Yep, and my topic Easter. for this week is Easter eggs. Yes, mm, a fine Easter tradition, eggs. a mysterious tradition. Well, we do because the chocolate, which is brown, and then the cross, which he was crucified on, Jesus was also brown, and that's why. That's we have eggs. Tenuous, <laughs> tenuous. I, I must say, I've not encountered well, that theory. I'm hoping in my I find research. out why we do Easter eggs at Easter. An aeroplane. I believe there is a plane passing over the chamber right now, listeners. There is. It's a bit spooky. I was just that, thinking that's the Easter airdrop eggs of, are a spooky That's the topic. airdrop of Easter eggs. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm just going to catch one that's coming down. And, um, yeah. One of the best bits about Easter eggs I like is um, unwrapping the foil. Yes. Yep. Trying yeah. to get it off in one smooth motion. We've got some ASMR ah. going oh, on. Oh, I right go now. on. Just... Ooh. Oh. Peel like a banana. Tinfoil. And that egg is just revealing itself. Easter eggs, obviously, nowadays are uh, lovely little chocolate sweets. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or big ones. Um, but historically, they've had a lot of meaning in terms of religion and stuff. Yeah, oh yeah. That's where we come from. Obviously, Easter and the whole how that relates to is a part of Christianity. Um, 
Easter eggs are also known as Paschal eggs. What? Paschal. Pas- Paschal or something. Pa- Paschal. Paschal is that it? It's like uh, it's like sure. a word meaning Easter. Is something. it? Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, they're de- basically Easter eggs, are decorative or edible chocolate eggs, given as gifts during Easter. Okay. Um, the season is known as like Easter tide in Christianity. The whole. Mm-hmm. Is this around the Christian world, or is this just in Western culture? Well, it, that's the thing. I'm going to get onto how the, the whole Easter eggs thing, yeah, giving eggs around the time of spring, as a whole, is is quite an ancient practice. Yeah, Christianity didn't invent it; it just sort of adopted it. Really. Oh, really? So was it like what, who, who like did it first, like pagans or something? Yeah, well, it's been um, one of the one of the like confirmed uh, sort of pre-Christian. Um, civilizations to give eggs as gifts is pre-dynastic egypt oh before the pharaohs um they used to decorate ostrich eggs oh wow and give them as part of their beliefs and i bet ostrich eggs are pretty massive yeah yeah and that's the thing um some of them sometimes they're painted sometimes they're decorated you know they weren't they weren't associated with being eaten yeah until they sort of got tied in with the whole christian lent thing and because uh, it's sort of like Lent is over, gorge on weird chocolate eggs. <laughs> weird chocolate eggs. Yeah. Like, uh, it's a strange idea. Like, you know, I was raised Catholic, as some of the long-time listeners may know, and I never understood I, I never understood the relevance. I, I remember asking, like, you know, one of the monks at my school, like, why the hell are there Easter eggs? And, and he was like, uh, well... I think he said something about, You should like, listen to this, because I will explain it. Yeah, good. His explanation, I remember, was something along the lines of, like, oh, the, the uh, cave that Jesus was put in was hollow, and, mm. so, and so are Easter eggs. Oh, oh. See, but it's like, see now that... Egg? No, no, that is one of the sort of actual sim- claimed symbolic things yeah. of the egg when the Christians adopted it, that the, the, the egg is hollow, so it represents the empty tomb of Christ after he's risen and left it. Hmm. And you crack the tomb, you know, like you open the tomb up. I know. And instead of being full of yolky goodness, it's just hollow. <laughs> Why is it an egg? Imagine if you had a cream egg and you bit the top off it and you're just looking at it and then like a little mini Jesus sort of surfaced from the goo, like. What's <laughs> 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 screaming because he's covered in that, that's fondant. The, and that's the second coming. Christ. Oh. Well, wait, are we talking about a baby Christ? No, is no, he like no. Tom Thumb? Is he like... Yeah, yeah, but now I'm considering if there was some sort of, say, on the news event of the biggest cream egg ever, and then Jesus burst out of it like, oh yeah, and <laughs> Easter, and then... And the Kool-Aid guy. Yeah, yeah, he was just like in his loincloth, but covered in the cream egg goo. <laughs> loincloth? Yeah, well, Jesus is, you know, Whoa. sort of robes and shit. Yeah. It's not Tarzan. <laughs> in in my head, he's buff Jesus. You Jesus. Know, like <laughs> breaking out a cream egg, swinging away on a vine. Yeah, on a vine. That that would be the best Easter egg in the world. <laughs> so I, I, yes, I am inclined to agree. So yes, the Christian um, relation to Easter eggs is a, in regard to the celebratory period of Easter, relating to the resurrection of Christ. Um, but like I like I was saying before, the Christians merely adopted it. Yeah. And I was saying about it's sort of pre-dynastic Egypt, decorating eggs, that sort of area of the world, yeah. has always associated eggs Just with like fertility, fertility and, and re- rebirth. Hence, it's been tied to spring because that's when all you know the, the plants would come back. And those civilizations were very agricultural back then, so it had a huge meaning to them. Ah. And and the, and the idea of the egg, 
found its way into many beliefs. Um, a few Makes historians sense. point to the, the this um, the namesake of Easter is a, an old pagan god, Eosta. Ah. Yes, this yeah. rings a bell. What's his deal? Well, I think it's a sort of she. Is it a she? I, I, I didn't look too much into who, but like she's. I think it's she because it's like a fertility god, goddess or god. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Um, so, um, where was I? Easter eggs. No, no, Easter. The spring god. The spring god was she. Yeah, yeah. And th- so, here we go. Christians were trying to convert pagans, so they... Um, they thought the eggs might sweeten the deal. No, no, they used to do this. They used to, like, come up with Christian traditions and put them at the same time as pagan ones. Hence Christmas. Yeah. yeah. They did it with Easter as well. Easter used to be, like, a springtime celebration of, of, of the spring goddess, and they'd, like, eat eggs at these festivals and bury them to encourage fertility, and the Christians came in and had their whole, like... It just, just like, it's sort of like a weird transfusion of people. It was a way to recruit people. It did yeah, work. Yeah, it's like appropriation or assimilation. Yeah, it, it, that is very much what I think the, the bad side of cultural appropriation is. Cause they Sneaky. Were sneaking in. Sneaking, sneaking into in. people's belief systems through the back doors and stuff. Like they're having a party, so someone's left the door open because they've been out for a smoke. I mean, and in come the Christians being like, oh, springtime. Well, did you know that we had a man be rebirthed, not just nature? And then, well, I'm just wondering, like you know, like I love Easter eggs. I think they're great, but is it better than what was before? Like, what were these pagan egg parties like? I think they're surely just eggs, weren't they? Anglo-Saxon festivals. Oh yeah. Um, that was the that was the main culture that celebrated this Easter thing. Um, yeah. If you allow me one second, I found a very good description of what they used to get up to, Checking which I noted down. Go, going notes. in the notes. Good stuff. We need like a, a sound effect joke to show passage of time, don't we? Yeah. One of them. So, right, I found it. Um, influential 19th century <laughs> folklorist and philologist Jacob Grimm speculates in the second volume of his Deutsche Mythology that, that the folk custom of Easter eggs among the continental Germanic peoples may have stemmed from springtime festivities of a Germanic goddess. So that's so that's where this spring goddess originated from. Germany. Yeah. And I, I believe, uh, I didn't make a note of this, but I believe I saw somewhere in my research that um, the Easter bunny came from Germany. Yeah, wait, this is another thing. Does that sound familiar to you? Um, no, I had no idea about that. It doesn't surprise me because G- Germans come oh. up with some cool stuff. Like yeah. A lot of like ancient culture is German culture. Yeah, yeah. But like, what... <sighs> That's another thing that, you know, Easter eggs are baffling enough, but the Easter bunny... Yeah. yeah, it's got to do with Christ rising from the dead. A rabbit. I do, never do got rabbit, that as a kid. Rabbits don't lay eggs. Rabbits no. do not lay eggs either. So, why this bunny's going about looking for? Maybe it's just another fertility spring. Oh, the, the bunnies bunny. are running it, it, it doesn't make any. They don't lay eggs. They don't eat chocolate. They're not Christians. <laughs> What's a bunny got to do with Easter, man? Like, I don't know. I guess I say you Easter eggs and not the Easter bunny, so let's not get sidetracked by that mysterious bitch. Yeah, (laughs) I've got a quote from that um, Jacob Grimm here. The heathen Easter had much in common with Mayfeast and the reception of spring. So, the heathen Easter being the Christian idea of what went on with old Jesus. Old Jesus. And the common festivities that were around the world 
anyway because of the whole coming of springtime. So, through long ages there seemed to have lingered among the people Easter games so-called, which the church itself had to tolerate. They had to tolerate. I allude especially to the custom of Easter eggs and to the Easter tale which preachers told from the pulpit for the people's amusement, connecting it with Christian reminiscences. So, this Mm. brings us nicely into how... So that, well, brings us nicely, I mean, brings us nicely into the conclusion of my point of how the, the church assimilated Easter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From a long-standing traditions around mm. the world. And then we've got this period of Easter eggs being given as, like, decorative gifts. Yeah. Is it like... Would you... Is it like baubles then, like on a Christmas tree? Like, you get the Easter egg and it's like, you only have it out for Easter... That seems like the most pointless thing ever. Yeah, well, I've got here a few of the most famous instances of Easter egg giving throughout the Middle Ages. Oh, weird. Okay. Once eggs had sort of firmly found their way into the traditional Christian Mm. world. In 1290, the House of Edward I handed out 450 coloured and gold leaf decorated eggs to to the royal entourage. This Mm. is one of the first known instances in history of, like, the Easter giving of an egg. Yeah. Of eggs and stuff. I bet they were psyched. Yeah, yeah, one day you just be like, yo, it's Easter. King Edward's given me a fancy-looking egg. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, no, would he's it? He's lost his mind again. <laughs> he's talking about a rabbit as well. Dear me. <laughs> Cream egg? <laughs> Two centuries later, though, um, we're, we're with Henry VIII, and one Easter he gets a gift from the Vatican. It's an egg in a silver case. Ah. <laughs> Uh, these sort of gifts were known as egg silver around the time. Egg silver? Egg silver, egg silver. yeah, just like, oh, you've been given like your traditional egg silver from the the Vatican. Like, it was a, it was a really weird instance of people with lots of power back then going a little bit mad. Were they like, <laughs> are they like Fabergé eggs? Or are they actually Nicely the bringing all... us on to my next point there, Steve. Fabergé eggs are the most expensive eggs ever. They were gifted to the Russian royal court in the late 19th century. Okay. Good stuff. Made by, I believe, they're named after the designer for, must be Fabergé but they're, re- they're some really fancy decorative eggs listeners if you don't know what they are give them a google because they do look quite cool yeah. they, I just they always pop from... up in media as yeah. being stolen they're like you know oh the Fabergé eggs have been stolen yeah. when it's being sold on the black market I, was say, I, I just know about them from uh, the Simpsons and Bleeding Gums Murphy has the addiction to buying them <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's where all his money goes yeah I blew it all away <laughs> Fabergé eggs yeah <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, the. Um, I wonder what all the poor people thought at this time. Just all the yeah. rich motherfuckers sending each other. Were eggs. they just giving each other just like a chicken's egg? <laughs> well, they, they, like, or oh, here's your egg too. Well, so oh, I, I sort smashed of, mine. <laughs> those that practice Lent, sort of their chickens would keep laying eggs throughout it, and they yeah, just okay. store them, and then around it coincide with when they'd stop Lent, it'd be like around Easter. So it'd be like, yeah, we've got shitloads of eggs going. Yeah, omelet time. Yeah, omelette time. Scrambled eggs. Bit of avocado. Um, oh, I don't think medieval peasants had avocado. I don't think they even don't... thought of an avocado. Before. I don't think they scrambled their eggs. No, I don't think they did. I think... Well, what, how do you think they ate eggs? I don't know. Surely you could, like, accidentally scramble eggs and then stumble upon it. Yeah, I guess scrambling eggs is probably one of the most boiled, stumble... Probably boiled them. And... Yeah. Boiled everything back in the day. Didn't yeah. It? If you're a medieval peasant. Yeah, and you you used to eat eggs back in the the 12th century. Get, get in, in touch. touch. Yeah. yeah. Elderschamber at gmail.com. If Please you know do. what that means. Please do. While I'm on the topic of decorative eggs, um, 
one of the most famous instances of dyed eggs is that um, <coughs> in Christianity, sometimes it's a tradition to dye them red, which symbolizes the blood of Christ. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a there's a the the legend of uh, Mary Magdalene went to the Roman Emperor after seeing Christ reborn and was like, "Yo, dude, Jesus is back." <laughs> and he and he was like, uh, "Bullshit." If Jesus is back, then those eggs on that table are red, and then suddenly they, the eggs turn red. Oh. Because it was true. I like that story. That's pretty good. And the Roman emperor was like, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> and we all, know, we all know what happened next. Ah, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Would have got away with it too if it wasn't for this <laughs> son of God. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, the early Christians of Mesopotamia actually began the practice of dying eggs red. So that's that's been around for a okay. long time. So when, when would that have been? Like the Mesopotamians, when were they around? Like... I don't know, but a uh, long time. Yeah, like the hundreds, like not yeah. even gotten past like. Yeah, you know, it's 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 only since the late nineteenth and early twentieth century that it's been custom in our society to give eggs as gifts to like kids and stuff. Before that, you were like always offering them to the church or whatever okay. local authority. Oh, so it was like you'd offer it up. Yeah, like the peasants had to offer some eggs up and shit. And okay. Traditionally. Is that just? Was it more like a? kind of currying favor as well it was sort of a just another use of power i think yeah. well i guess in a way they still do that because you know plenty yeah. of churches have like easter raffles and people yeah go, yeah like, the like, church the would take eggs. the eggs in and use them i guess to feed, feed the, the poor hungry, and stuff yeah. yeah i'm sure i'm sure like you know i'm sure father pat the local <laughs> priest at my parents church i'm sure around easter everyone gives in eggs yeah, loads of Easter eggs. All the nice old ladies in the in the church will be like, "Oh, Father Pat, here's an egg." <laughs> but <laughs> don't, yeah, don't in, eat it all at once. In the late nineteenth century, in the Victorian era, uh, the the middle class arose, didn't it? And mm-hmm. they really adopted the the practice mm. of Easter, and that's where they, you know, the middle class, newly in the world, having disposable income and stuff, are like, "Oh, let's get some eggs as gifts." It sort of ties in with this whole um, thing of Easter being malleable, and yeah, it's changed a lot. Yeah, yeah. Every bit, year. But it's always sort of stuck to the same things and Christianity's like glommed onto it and been a big part of it, but it's not the whole part of it. I guess you could say like it's the, Easter it's the same Easter for like eggs. a lot of other holidays, like Christmas has changed a lot, Halloween's changed a lot. You know, Halloween like started from um Yeah. Well, we could save that for another topic, let's yeah. not get distracted by Halloween. Well, in my notes here, I was it's sort of the timeline of the Easter eggs and then I've just sort of put an arrow after the Victorian era, then it's a push to a capitalist hijacking via, <laughs> via working class adoption. As the working class, you know, actually ended up with some disposable income themselves. Yeah. Easter eggs and the capitalists sort of thought, ooh. Let's make, let's make a lot of the money. Prowls. And then it's just been, yeah, in, well, yeah, probably exactly that, if I'm being cynical. but. Yeah. Oh, let's be cynical. But for everyone, not like the proles. It's just like that opens up a massive market, basically. So there is a big market yeah. In, yeah. in selling the eggs and Easter eggs. And that's what we have today. It's every Easter, everyone buys chocolate and shit. And it's tied with Halloween in, in sometimes for, for candy sales. Oh, mm. really? Easter. Because, yeah, everyone buys Easter eggs and stuff. Like... Fair enough. I, that doesn't surprise me for like the UK because like, Easter eggs are sort of like... You know, they, I know loads of families and like people who just don't do anything for Halloween every single year. Yeah. But like, yeah. you know, most people... Is, is that worldwide? That's just... No, no. Is that just UK? Did you know there's an Easter game of egg tapping in the north of England? Egg tapping? That sounds painful. It's a traditional game 
where hard-boiled pace eggs are distributed, and each player hits the other player's egg with their own. It's like conkers. Conkers, but with eggs. Yeah, it's known as egg tapping, egg dumping, or my favourite, egg jarping. Egg jarping. The winner is the holder of the last intact egg. The annual Egg Jarping Jarping World Championship is held every year over Easter in Peter Lee Cricket Club. Oh. Maybe we could go down this year. Yeah, jarp some eggs. I think it's next week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I oh, that, yeah, I guess it'd be around Easter, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I liked well. how the north of England, just because obviously we are from Yorkshire, we always go on about it. I just wanted to throw that oh, in. Yeah, definitely. Egg our, our connection Egg Jarping. Yeah. I like that a lot. Other games, though, Easter egg hunts. This is, we'll round it up here with sort of the fun side of Easter now because it's like, it's got a yeah. few games attached to it. It always has, ever since, well, like I was saying, the springtime festivals way back when the pagans were, yeah. were out in the field having a good bash. We, 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 um, we hide Easter eggs and we make kids find them. I remember my primary school did that to us. Like, they hid the eggs around the school. Ah, that's cool. And one day and they let us run around finding them. Yeah, Easter egg hunts were always great as a kid. The the, mm-hmm. the egg rolling, Easter egg rolling. The White House famously does one. Egg Every rolling? Year, well, the eggs don't roll very well. I've never heard of that. It's like the kids scoot them on the ground. They've been doing it since 1870. We happened to watch National Treasure 2, Book of Secrets, the other week. And there's a scene where Nick Cage manages to sneak into the White House's Oval Office because it's the annual Easter egg roll. Oh. And it's it, for God's sake, as if that's actually the case. <laughs> just, he, just a little just insight into what we Just before he comes to the decision that he has to kidnap the president. Yeah. 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 I'll get him while they're rolling eggs. <laughs> but just sort of around the world and stuff, there's like in Greece, Easter eggs are popular with the Orthodox Church there. They practice the like quite traditional yeah. Christian side of Easter <laughs> Yeah, they're giving. pretty wacky. And they, wacky. They're apparently in Greece it's customary to uh, dye the eggs with onion skins and vinegar. Okay. For a few days. Okay. And then eat them. Weird. Then in in Egypt, uh, there's a the Sham El Nasim holiday, which is the birth of spring. Okay. They give decorative eggs to each other for that. Nice. I bet they're I bet they're cool. But yeah. I, I'm just they probably like any other decorative eggs to be honest. But I'm just imagining like you know this sort of ancient Egypt kind of uh, vibe. Yeah. Or the, like a an egg that looks like a pharaoh's hat you know those hats they had <laughs> i do know those hats the pharaoh hats the pharaoh hats and also in iran and other parts of the world there's the persian new year called uh, i'm not sure exactly how to pronounce it but i think it's Nowruz. okay and this has been going on for like hundreds of years if oh. not thousands it's uh it's, it's like practiced by some islamic areas of the world zoroastrian and and, and other faiths uh, celebrate Nowruz, the, the Persian New Year. They celebrate like the spring. We do it with January because of the calendar. Yeah. But it does sort of make sense to start the year when everything starts growing. Yeah, yeah. it does. Uh, and, it does. And I, I just I like those international perspectives. There, it's not just sort of like Western Christian. I like that a lot. Well, the, I... there's lots of room for Easter. It doesn't have yeah. to be like a. If I could just add one that I know about, because yeah, my, my family went to Prague when I was a kid. Like, we went on a family holiday to Prague. And while there, uh, we were there around Easter time, and we found that, like, they have a custom in uh, the Czech Republic. Uh, Easter egg trees. Yeah. Like, little trees, like, tiny, like, dinky things that are basically, like, no leaves, like, mostly branches, but they hang, like, decorative eggs on them. Ah. And uh, my mum loves the idea, and we still have an Easter egg of tree every you year. Do. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, and we, um, all, all all us kids, all five of me, me and my four siblings, all had like an egg with our name on it. 
until my sister accidentally smashed mine. Oh, dear. Was it an accident, no? Well, yeah, it was an accident. But or was it? Or was it? Or was it? I don't know. Grr. <laughs> Who knows? It's a couple of type questions. Uh, what's the best Easter egg you've ever got? Oh, is wow. There, is there one that stands out? I, I always like... I got this, like, massive white chocolate one once. Mm. Uh, but it was, like, a kind of white chocolate I've never had before. And it was, like... Not filled with this stuff, but it had, like... The interior was like coated in this like sugar. Oh, it was that really nice. Amazing. Yeah. I don't know. I the always Smarties just... one was always good because it came with Smarties in it. I mean, yeah. you love your Smarties. Mm. I always would just go for, well, not go for. You know, you get given them. But in recent years, obviously, I don't get given them, so I do buy myself an Easter egg every year. Oh no! But I like cream eggs. I like cream eggs. Cream eggs are really Eastery to me. So yeah. any a cream egg Easter egg is like double Eastery, and also I like cream eggs. So yeah, it's good. Just whatever, whatever has the nicest chocolate bar with it. Because, you know, they always come with, like, a chocolate bar or, like, a little bag of whatever. Yeah. Yeah. My other question was, what does Easter mean to you? Nothing. A lo- <laughs> a yeah, lot- I expected that. A lot of things. And a lot of things. A lot of things. I don't think we have time to go into how much Easter means to me. Because, um, you know, I was... It's like, on... for me growing up, like, in terms of importance, it's on par with Christmas. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, like right. Christmas when Christ was born, but Easter is when he was raised from the dead. Like, you know, when I believed in yeah, it's metal, all man. that kind of stuff, that was like, whoa, that's way more impressive than being born of a virgin. <laughs> yeah. Being raised from the dead. Also, loads of chocolate. Yes, of course. Yes. Loads of chocolate <laughs> was always great as well. And there's always a nice lamb lunch. Yeah. That's Spr- the traditional Spr- Easter spring lunch. Spring lambs. Lambs of spring. Spring in. Makes yeah. sense that they're nice Trees are springing and up. just born. Might as well slaughter them and eat them. I, I personally like the whole nature side of the Easter eggs and the, what they symbolise in terms of the yeah, ecology. You could you could have a quite... Like, it seems to me like Easter would fit in fine with, like, environmental activists and yeah, stuff. Yeah, sure. If they just ignore the Christian stuff and focus on the plants blooming mm. and eat a chocolate Easter egg. Wow. Thank you very much. It's all right. That was I like a lovely, that. lovely topic. Easter's good. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen, uh, after this. Right. On the count of three, Chamber of the Elders. One, What two, do you mean? I mean, you just, just say, say it. it. Okay. But I'm not going to say it. I'm going to sing it. And we and just say it. You do something different, each of you. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. But don't tell anyone else what it is until you do it. Okay. And even then, don't tell them. Just show them. <laughs> yes. By doing it. All right. Alright, one, two, and we're going on, <laughs> we're going just after three. So one, we're going on four, essentially. So we're not going to others. No, that was wrong. Let's <laughs> go, so one, two, three, and then doing what you Okay. Doing. I believe. Okay. One, two. Chamber. And I don't do anything weird. <laughs> what do you mean, don't do anything weird? And that was, that was, that you, 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 you both like, did it wrong there. Alright, so it's Chamber after three, so. One. To... <laughs> All right, okay, for real this time. Okay, okay. Right. One, two, three. Awful as well. That was all of us just going. <laughs> oh, I spilled whiskey on my feet. I spilled whiskey on my feet. Oh, God, Daddy's gonna discipline me. Get him! This chamber! 
Okay, ready? Chamber. Alright. Three, two, one. Chamber of the I still think it sounds like shit. Have you changed your mind now you've heard it again, Matt? Yeah, no. <laughs> I still yeah. think it sounds like shit. None of it's good. And somehow it's being played every episode. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first time we've played that. Is oh, it? I, 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 I swear we played episode. it on another one. Oh, Did we? I don't think we did. That might have been you just playing it. Uh, on repeat. Maybe it's just so in my mind I've been dreaming it. Well, we'll move on to the next subject. Oh, we've had a, a double, another two there. Easter eggs again. And it's me. Is it now? Oh boy, what's your topic, Steve? I believe you sent me this. Yeah, I did indeed. Mr. Uh, don't ask me why, because I don't Mr. Universe know. himself. Oh. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, uh, yes. What a great guy. Uh, or is he? We'll find oh, out. We'll find out. He's born uh, <coughs> on the 30th of July, 1947. In Thal. Nineteen forty seven. Yeah. Whoa, I didn't know he was that old. Mm-hmm. He was like seventy two. Yeah. Jeez. Sorry yeah. listeners, that's just my Easter egg, that won't happen again. Can I have some uh, Easter egg? Yeah, can yeah, I also Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in Thal, Austria. Uh, his mother was Aurelia Schwarzenegger and his dad was Gustav Schwarzenegger. Gustav. What did they do, do you know? Um his mother was a housewife and his father was a Nazi. Oh, shit. Oh, that sucks. Uh, later, proven to have not committed any atrocities while a voluntary member of the Nazi party. Okay, right. So he wasn't like a professional. No. Nazi. He wasn't at a labour camp or anything. Well, that's good. He was uh, I mean... chairman of the President's Council on Physical Fitness and Sports uh, from the 22nd of January 1990 to the uh, 27th of May 1993. Wait, it, well, Arnold, wait, what, what was Arnold he president of? He was the chairman of the President's Council on Physical Fitness and Sports. How did he get there? Uh, he was mates with George Bush, no. senior. Wait, is this like a government job? Yeah. I didn't realise that back in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. And then that led to uh, him becoming the 38th governor of California from the 17th of November 2003 to the 3rd of January 2011. As a Republican, yeah, I think he had a few acting gigs as well. Mm. At some point, he was in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll go back <laughs> he to the was beginning. In some movies. I think. Yeah, he started weightlifting at the age of fifteen. Uh, originally wanted to be a football player, but then decided that when he when his football coach took him to a gym, he wanted to pursue that instead. Mm-hmm. So he he loved the gym. So. Mm, loved that gym, um, and then. Uh, at the age of 15, and then he moved to the UK in 1966 mm. um, when he started to win his first sort of, he was uh, Europe's uh, best man, uh, Mr. <laughs> Europe. <laughs> now, he was Mr. <laughs> Europe, which is a different uh, title from one of his other ones, which was um, Europe's physically fittest man, I think. Crazy. So he won a load of these titles then, basically. Yeah, oh, yeah. He entered the Loads of things. Well, body, this was the start of it. He, he also lived in, uh, or came to Leeds. No! Really? Yeah. Arnold yeah, Schwarzenegger yeah. lived in Leeds? Yeah, because a Leeds United reserve team player, um, whose name was Reg Park, was also uh, one of the world's first big bodybuilders. Yeah, yeah. He and... Did he not pass away? Yeah, not recently. Too long ago. Yeah, and Arnie was paying tribute, and that's that's yeah. how I found about his connection to Leeds. 
That's yeah. amazing. I had no idea. That's really cool. And so he he came to lose to train in the same gym in uh, 1962. Do we know where this gym is? Uh, it's in Leeds. Oh, we. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> um, but then he went on uh, his bodybuilding career, just took off after that. 1967, he won the Amateur Mr. Universe. Uh, then he won the Pro Mr. Universe Mr. in Universe. 68, 69 and 70. He won 1969. He so. beat out all those aliens. Yeah, Mr. Universe. <laughs> then he was Mr. Olympia, which is oh, like... And uh, all those gods. That's a, <laughs> it's a bodybuilding competition. Like, as the Premier League of bodybuilding yeah. and he won that it, oh it's came... mr universe not the like the top no mr olympia is the oh. one after that oh i didn't realize the universe that. is like the, the division one yeah whatever it is. mr uh, so he came second in 1969 in that and then he won it in 1970 71 72 73 74 75 Killing oh my it. god then took a gap and won it in 1980 the 75 he didn't enter for a while uh, this well, the seventy-five uh film was the one they filmed for Pumping Iron. Yeah, that's what that that's, that's what the that follows. Famous documentary that uh, got him noticed by got his first gig uh, like acting gigs from that back of that, and then uh, in nineteen eighty he came back and did a diff- another documentary called The Comeback, I think. Yeah, which was based Ooh. around that. Oh, I quite like to watch those. Yeah, yeah, I've never seen it. I have seen that scene where he's smoking a joint though. Yes, in Pumping Iron. Yeah. Because like he was like uh, quite anti uh, weed when he was governor of California, wasn't he? Mm, as a pol- from a like having a toe the party line. As far as I've read personally, he said that weed is not a drug; it's a plan. Fair enough. Um, do you want to have a guess at some of his dimensions at the peak of his powerlifting career? Well, like how big his bicep is and stuff. Yeah, how, how big is a thirty-four inch waist? So how big do you think his chest was? Like double that. Fifty-three. Fifty-seven inch chest. Oh wow! A twenty-two inch bicep. Good God. Twenty-eight, 28 and a half inch thigh and a twenty-inch calf. Oh my God! A twenty-inch calf. It doesn't bear thinking about. Imagine being so large. I wonder how much you used to have to eat at its peak. Have you ever yeah, seen like so have, you, many have you ever seen the Rock's diet? It's endless, isn't it? It is. Pro- he has like. Eight meals a day or something that all something really that. high protein and like high carb shit. Yeah, like half of them are like just you know a pound of fish or whatever. Yeah, a pound of fish, a pound of broccoli, you know. In it. But then his cheat days are insane. I bet Arnie's cheat days were also insane. Oh god, insane amounts of ice cream. I imagine. Yeah. Um. Then he sort of used his fame through uh, bodybuilding. Uh, to sort of try and make an acting career. His first role was in was Hercules in New York. Um, he was playing Hercules. Which is a famously terrible film. 1969, and his accent is... it 1969? Yeah. Hercules in New York. 69. Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and he was so... His accent was so bad in that that they, he had all his lines redubbed, I believe. <laughs> Got it. Uh, and then in 1977 he did Pumping Iron and that's what really propelled him into the stratosphere yeah. of being known this guy's a star but then his big film <laughs> debut was Conan yeah, the Barbarian, Conan the Barbarian. Not, 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 as, not that bad actually 1982 really? and then that was followed by Conan the Destroyer in 84 
and then and then and then this is where it starts. I'm just going to go through his filmography until it starts to until he gets to his peak. Yeah. Well, I mean, his peak's shortly after that, isn't it? No, I'll, I'll no, let no. You, I'll let you do it, but like, I wouldn't say his peak's shortly after that. We'll we'll see. We'll tell. Stop me when you think I've gone past the peak. Okay, go on. Okay, so we've got Conan the Barbarian, Conan mm. the Destroyer, Terminator. Yeah, but when was Terminator released? 1984. Yeah, so that's when I thought. That's his peak, sure. I mean, Terminator's Red Sonja, Commando, Raw Deal, The Running Man, Predator, Red Heat, Twins with Danny DeVito. Hilarious. Total Recall, which was number one at the box office that year. Man. We all know his peak is Jingle. Ten million. <laughs> he made $10 million for Total Recall, $19.2 million today. And then he got 15% of the box office. Really? Oh wow! Really, fifteen well. percent. Yeah. Who is his agent? Loaded. Kindergarten. Get cop. his agent on the line. Kindergarten Cop is a classic. I love Kindergarten Cop. And then cop. what they consider his peak is Terminator Two: Judgment Day, nineteen ninety one. Oh, in terms of like yeah, iconic. It, well, like, star power, as it's known. Fair enough. Like the ability to sell a film just on the basis that Arnold Schwarzenegger's in it. You know what? Uh, confession time. I love. I mean, this is. I love the Terminator, the first one. You don't like to? I've never seen it. Oh, it's good, man. Yeah, I bet it's good. People say it's better than the first one. I need to watch it. I think it probably is. Yeah. Fair. It's got Edward Furlong in it, who I love, from American History X. So I should, you know, definitely watch it. He went off the rails. Anyway, go on. But after that, his career like slowly started to dip down. Uh, he did the the Batman film. He's one of the... Mr. Freeze! <laughs> nice to meet you. He's one of the few that doesn't actually regret it. Yeah, like, I, had, I had a clearly, good time. Clearly regrets it. What, is bat nipples? Yeah. When they actually built bat nipples bat onto the suit. The what were they thinking? Uh, at least... Um... Joel Schumacher apologised, didn't he, the director? Yeah, yeah, I think he did. God. Yeah, Jingle All The Way. The sixth day where he got a ra- he got a Razzie nomination for Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, and Best worst. Romance. You mean worst. Sorry, worst. I feel, I feel like he was just picking the wrong films then, and he was probably doing it for the money. Yeah. Because he could have easily just starred and waited for good scripts. and, and... Well, hang on, slow down here. We're not talking about like some kind of mad thespian here. No, like, no but... You know, he... he... I love Arnold Schwarzenegger, but he's no, you know, Daniel Day Lewis. It's, yeah, like, it's not like he was waiting for like an emotional no, drama, no. All right, yeah, Oscar fair. bait script to but come along. His his behavior hasn't changed. It's it's the films Hollywood was putting him in. I I think <laughs> when he hits peak star oh, power and goes mainstream, it's really typecast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not not so much typecast as just Pigeon starting holes. to get milked. <laughs> that yeah. Point. Milked, well, milked like the sort a cow. of the decline in his film career kind of worked out perfectly for him because it allowed him free time to mm. transition into his political career. It's quite nice that his life so far has been split into very th- three very distinct chapters. Yeah, I'm yeah. not saying he made a mistake. Cause no, no, no. You know, I'm, I'm not hating on Jingle all the way and shit. No, no, it's, it's fine. It's a tremendously impressive guy to have succeeded so hard in mm. bodybuilding, acting, and you know being a politician despite not even being. From that country. Oh, yeah. From being the, the son of a Nazi to governor of California. In a, growing up in a house that didn't have a refrigerator, heating, or a toilet. Yeah. By, oh, wow. by way of being the best bodybuilder and action movie star of yeah. the, the late 20th century. Ow. Um, it, on an episode of The Tonight <laughs> Show with Jay Leno in 2003, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> announced his candidacy for the 2003 California recall election. Mm. 
you want to have a guess of some of the tabloidy kind of headlines that came with oh. that? Governator. Um, Governator was yeah, the was, main one. That was his big nickname, wasn't it? Um, uh, the Running Man, because he was running. Good, he was very good. Very All good. right, yeah, that one was on the table. And Total it? Recall, because it was a recall election. Oh, God. Fair enough. Uh, Judgment Day, I imagine, yeah. when the results were coming out. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Uh, and then his screen credits after that sort of basically boil down to cameo appearances for a bit of extra cash, it seems like. What's he been in recently? I remember him in the Expendables. Remember yeah, that. Expendable Around the World in Eighty Days, uh, Escape Plan, Expendables Three. Wait, is it who? Who did he play in Around the World in Eighty Days? I don't remember that. He's in Moonlight, isn't he? Yeah, he's like Around the Moonlight. World. Moonlight. No, he's, like he's, a... he's not in Moonlight. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a tiny cameo he plays in that. Human centipede. Um, <laughs> he's the middle one. <laughs> Do you want to know why he's a pro- Republican? Um, no. <laughs> no, go on. No, I don't know. Yeah. He said, I finally arrived here in 1968, and what special day it was. I remember I arrived with empty pockets, but full of dreams, full of determination, full of desire. The presidential campaign was in full swing, and I remember watching the Nixon-Humphrey presidential race on TV, and a friend of mine who spoke German and English translated it for me, and I heard Humphrey saying things that sounded like socialism, which I'd just left. But then I heard Nixon speak, and he was talking about free enterprise and getting the government off your back, lowering the taxes and strengthening the military. Listening to Nixon speak sounded more like a, a breath of fresh air. And I said to my friend, what party is he? My friend said he's a Republican. And I said, then I am a Republican, and I have been ever since. I mean, that's, you know... I mean, you need to that's... consider changing your mind, Arnie, because... <laughs> It's, wor- it's worrying that the former governor of California sees things in such black and white... <laughs> You know? Yeah, and also that he hadn't changed his opinion of Nixon after you know Nixon Nixoned himself. But yeah, of all the Republican presidents of that time to be like, yeah, that's why I'm a Republican. It's Nixon. like it's like it's I like it's band like... it's like a band coming out and being like, yeah, you know, our biggest influence are lost prophets. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know it's, it's not quite that bad now. Lost prophets. Lost. <laughs> At least, yeah, Nixon sucked ass, but at least he wasn't a pedo. That we know of. That we know of. Not wanting to libel a dead man. Um, but yeah, so he he governed California for uh, many years till 2011. Did he do a good job? Oh, by all accounts, yeah, he won the first vote, 45% of the vote. He got re-elected with 55%, so... Mm. Yeah, he was really popular the whole time, wasn't he? And there is a uh, a bill for Arnie that keeps getting applied to Congress to allow uh, non-American-born citizens to run for president. Uh-huh. Yeah, because that's not allowed, is it? No. No. So <laughs> Boris Johnson could run for president before Arnold Schwarzenegger could. Yeah, because he's got dual citizenship. He's bought it because he was born there, yeah. Weak. Weak indeed. The bell end. Uh, Jerry Springer was born in London, I believe, and was mayor of Chicago before Jerry Springer had his uh, talk show. Really? We haven't had Jerry Springer as a topic. Did I imagine that? Yeah, we, we had Jeremy that. Kyle. Yeah. And we talked about Jerry Springer in it. That would be why. So, yeah, uh, just do you want a couple of facts to finish up? Yeah, yeah, some Ooh, Arnie Blast me. trivia blast. He was the very first civilian. To buy a Humvee. Oh, really? Very first person civilian in the world to have a Humvee. That's so Did they get funny. in touch with him and be like, 
Yeah, like, you're a big guy. He's a big guy. Yeah, maybe. Make me a big car. <laughs> Do you want to have a guess of what his three childhood dreams were? Be a footballer, to be um, enormous, and to wield power. On all on all accounts, there. He he wanted to move to America. Okay. So uh, yeah, move to America. He got did that. that. He wanted to marry a Kennedy. He did that. God, he married to Kennedy. Yes. So he's married to Claudia Schiffer, who is uh, JFK's niece. Ah. Oh damn. And his third dream was to to be a famous actor. Wow. So he's absolutely smashed it there. Yeah. Show on, mate. Hang on a second. Is he still with Claudia Schiffer? Wasn't there some kind of cheating scandal? So he fathered a child with uh, someone who worked in their house in the late 90s. No. And then then after he was governor of California during uh, counselling sessions with Claudia, he admitted that he had a 14-year-old son that, uh, you know, out of wedlock, and then thus brought the end of the 20-year marriage. Ooh, yeah, that that will do it. That will do it. And, you know, there are also uh, numerous allegations of sexual misconducts. Oh, uh, no. From the past. Oh, I didn't realise that. Which which all came out pre-Me Too, before anyone gave a shit. So it's sort of gone under the radar a bit. Mm. Oh, God. Grope Gate, it was called, for a while. What? Was this while he was governor? No, this came out after. Did he grope someone? Uh, there are. Uh, sorry, no, I didn't come out after this. Was during in the initial his initial campaign for governor. Um, there was allegations that he uh, grabbed women by the breasts. Uh, You're and not he allowed to do that. Apologized and said he behaves badly sometimes, um, but also stated that uh, a lot of what is said in stories isn't true. Oh, Arnie! Oh God, my respect. I was so buzzed on Arnie this yeah. entire talk, and now my note. respect for him's just gone way down. What a bum note. Fucking, uh. <laughs> Can we have a nice fact to end on, or is that your last one? No, no, we could do it. Uh, he set up Planet Hollywood, the restaurant, with oh, I used Sylvester to love, Stallone. I used to love Planet Hollywood. Wait, like, so those two are, like, super good friends? Business partners, suppose, colleagues, yeah, they friends. Escaped, yeah, they did that movie where they're in the high tech prison and they got to escape together. Recently, I don't think I've seen that one. I uh, think it's called Escape the Prison. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, he was considered for the lead role in I Am Legend, but back when it first surfaced in 1997, mm. with Ridley Scott set to direct. That would have been an interesting film. That would have been a very interesting film, I think. Shame that didn't happen. Mm. But yes, that's all I got on Arnie. Okay. Good stuff. I enjoyed it. I like Arnie. Yeah. Well, no, except for his uh, sexual misbehaviour. Yes. Can't be doing that, Arnold. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen, after this. Yeah. I oh. do not do the records. Yeah, you do. Okay. What, guys? Oh, yeah! <laughs> so he says he do not do the records, but... But he's being recorded. Yeah. The the hilarity. The, the constant mystery. Uh, okay. And now I'll roll the dice for the final time. Who's it going to be? It's Joe. Well, oh, who yeah, would have thought it? It was always going to be me. Who would have thought it? <laughs> who would have thunk it? I would have. <laughs> the um, joeyest of all the elders. Here I, now. I sure am. I will take that. 
Yeah. Um, number one yeah, most joeyest of all the of all the uh, elders of the chamber. In the chamber Steve, of the Steve elders. Steve's name begins with J, so he's a little bit, but barely. Yeah, that might yeah. be confusing to some people. <laughs> but um, I'm just going to leave it and not explain it. Steve's name begins with J. It's true. <laughs> but what is your topic? Uh, so my topic Young is Joe. the Skull and Bones Society. Mm, oh. yeah. Who sent me it? Was it you then? It was. Well, it was me via a friend. Oh, oh was it? Who, yes. Who, who, a friend. Was it Charlie? Uh, yes, Charles Leo Rain. Well, you know what? Um, good shout. Uh, so some interesting stuff. I remember I was I was talking to you a bit about it the other day, Matt, and yeah. you were saying you knew absolutely no, I don't nothing know. about it. I don't know, anything about I don't know it what either. it means or... Okay, so you might be pretty excited about it. You know, it's it's pretty interesting. I think it's basically it's a secret society. Okay. At Yale University. Well, it's not. At Yale. It's Yale University. You know, in America. Carry on. Yeah. So it's at Yale University, uh, and it's called like it's a secret society, even though like you yeah. know it. We're talking about it. People know about it. And like, stuff. Uh, like Freemasons kind of style secret. It's sort of like seen as like kind of Masonic kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, basically, it's founded in 1832, so it goes back quite a long way by a uh, by William Huntington Russell and Alfonso Taft. Alfonso Ooh. Taft and Alfonso William Taft. Huntington. Russell Alfonso here. Taft, the father of William Howard Taft. I was going to just say about William Taft. Taft. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What one of the presidents. Do? Yeah. Uh, I believe um, I don't know much about President Taft but I do know that he had a rather fantastic moustache but anyway so it was started by a father of like a political dynasty like family Um, so that's like the kind of that will play into it as as I tell you more about it Um, but I'll just tell you a bit about how it works first of all Uh, 12 people are inducted every year until uh, the no- early 90s when they first started allowing women. And now it's 15 people inducted every year from Yale. Uh, they um, And the people they induct, they're always like the campus leaders. So they're always uh, the campus leaders who are picked as the bonesmen. The bonesmen. That's what they call the bonesmen. And uh, so basically the uh, the chairman of the Yale Daily News, which like, you know, the student newspaper... Like automatically gets picked to be a bonesman, a whiffin poof. They always have one whiffin poof. Whiffin poof is uh, a member of the a cappella group in Yale, which right. is the oldest a cappella uh, university a cappella group in the United States as well. Yeah, you know, kind of like barbershop stuff like yeah. Oh my baby, ah, do do yeah, you know, that kind baby of stuff. on board. Yeah, baby on board. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, they always try to get the football captain as well, basically. Um, the influential people yeah. around campus. Yeah, uh, basically the way they do it is, uh, it's every um, spring they have tap day. It's called uh, egg tapping day. Yeah, not egg tapping day. <laughs> egg jumping. Uh, yeah, they have a tap day, which is um, basically they go around and they they literally they like tap people on the shoulder. And this isn't just for Skull and Bones. This is for all the secret societies because there okay. there are quite a few at Yale, mm. all of which are like you know known about, or are they? Maybe there's oh. some we don't know about because some we dummy ones. Maybe, but basically, uh, 
tap day is you'll be walking around campus <laughs> and someone will come up to you and tap you on the shoulder. And if it's a bonesman, they say something like, you're wanted for the bonesman or something. And then you go with them and then you they do the initiation process. They start off the initiation process or whatever. Um, Hazing. They bang you. Um, no, uh, not as far as I know. Maybe so. Well, ha- hazing. Maybe. Well, this is the thing. Is it? Is that bit? We actually don't secret? know. Yeah, we know a lot about the organization. <coughs> we know a lot about the history. Everything that goes on behind closed doors that they do, we we don't really have very much information on all. But any anyway, um, there, there's some people who've turned them down. For yeah. being tapped, notably uh, this guy Joe Lieberman, who's um, a politician, I believe, uh, quite. Um, I think he's not a very well liked politician. I can't no. remember. Uh, <laughs> Why did he turn them down? Just didn't want it. Uh, and then uh, Levi Jackson, who was the first African American uh, captain of the uh, Yale American football team, uh-huh. he turned them down because, like, historically they only took whites. They were like, yeah. they're sort of like known. There's a sort uh, of right. a bit okay. white men w- waspy only. kind of, you know, yeah. Anglo- Anglo-Saxon Protestant kind of thing. Easter egg. <laughs> Easter egg chucking motherfuckers. But yeah, like, uh, you know, loads of racist old bonesmen don't want, like, you know, many non-whites at all. Uh, nowadays, however, uh, I have to say, you know, it's it seems like it is pretty diverse. I read a read an AMA from a supposed bonesman. Now this is this is interesting because they're not allowed to reveal their identities, of course. So unlike most Reddit AMAs, where uh, and ask me anything that is for anyone who doesn't know. Um, yeah, where someone goes on the site Reddit and just takes questions and posts them on the forum, their answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, a bo- a bonesman did that and. Um, basically said look i can't give proof of my identity because obvious reasons so it, that every i'm going to discuss like some of the ama but like obviously just take it all pinch of salt pinch of salt yeah um could be misdirection as well yeah easily it could be uh yeah i can't remember why i brought up the ama but whatever uh, did they reveal anything interesting? Right. Yeah, they did. I'll get into what they revealed. It's like, you know, they revealed... Well, this is the thing why I don't know if I trust it, because a lot of the stuff they revealed was just stuff I'd read elsewhere as well. Okay. Like, it was... Well, there was one thing that they revealed that was, like, new information for me. Okay, what was that? Well, I'll tell you later. Oh, I'm, I'm saving that tease. for the end. I'm saving that for the end. I'm teasing it. Teasing it. Do we have, like, a teasing sound effect? Um... Teasing. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Multi purpose. So anyway, um what we do know about like their practices, they, they meet every Thursday and Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Uh I think one of the I think the Thursday night is meant to be like uh more of a social thing and the Sunday night is meant to be like more of a like someone might do a talk kind of stuff, and it's more okay. of a discussion. That I'm not sure. I don't think anyone's sure. Basically, mm. and they meet in a, a place called the Tomb, mm. which is a very big, like it's quite you know a grand windowless building. Like basically, I, I think it's like basically on Yale campus as well. Um, the uh, the the guy on the AMA on Reddit said that apparently nowadays it's super run down. <laughs> like oh, yeah, it's right. really run down and like uh no one's allowed in but bonesman it's obviously I, I i saw some pictures that were supposedly taken inside and it's all very like ornate you know like old 
like yeah yeah antique furniture and big paintings and antiques and ornaments everywhere and that kind of stuff but apparently nowadays it's like a bit of a dump but they like still do all their stuff there because they do the guy in the ama actually was saying that like his class like you know the class of whenever like 2000 and whenever yeah they were like the first ones to like properly clean it in like years yeah um but yeah uh something else mysterious about is it like a a fraternity do they live there as well no they don't live there the tomb is like uh just used for their meetings but another really uh mysterious thing about the tomb no one actually knows who the architect is either <laughs> like what the hell like it's either this guy called alexander jackson davis or this guy called henry austin apparently but no one knows for sure which is just like it just adds Ooh, to the mystery of it. Spooky. But yeah, it's members only. Uh, the guy in the AMA said that, like, you know, there were some members who just, like, you know, brought some friends in. Yeah. Sort of thing. Like, hey, look around. This is, like, exclusive, blah, blah, blah. Or whatever. Were they um, excommunicated? No. Punished, I, I, murdered. I, I, I think nowadays, basically, I think it's all the old timers, all the, the old bonesmen from, like, the bygone eras who, like, take all the mystical aspects, uh, more seriously oh right and then at the same time I don't think they take it they don't take it seriously as in like they believe it's like true the rituals they do or whatever that we don't know what they are but the goat sacrifice it's more like they like to propagate the idea that yeah. they're sort of mystical it's like mm. an old boys club as well is there, like influential people that are in it or yeah. is it yeah well no well yeah it is oh I'm getting to that don't okay. you worry just but like it, it, just like Rainbow. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Sounds like our little But game. it it's a sort of thing where like, you know, it got this reputation because of the influential people in it that it's some kind of like, you know, branch of the Illuminati or some yeah. shadowy cabal running everything. Yeah. And the thing is, if you have that reputation, why would you wanna say you're not that? Like yeah. all these old timers are like, Yeah, let's go along with it. So that's basically Definitely. That. So as well as the tomb, they own Deer Island. They have their own island. Okay. Uh, it's one of the thousand islands. Uh, I, bet, like... I bet well creepy shit happens on Deer mm. Island. Well, this is a weird thing as well. Apparently Deer Island is like really run down now. Yeah. Like uh, I've got, uh, they do a retreat every year there still. It's yeah. like part of their thing. But uh, I got a couple of quotes describing it. It's like now it's just a bunch of burnt out stone buildings. It's basically ruins. What the hell happened there? Was it all burnt out? Yeah. What the hell? That's happened? mysterious. And then like another Bonesman said like, oh, it's a dump, but it's beautiful. Like they they all say like, yeah, it's like it used to have like really nice tennis courts and like you know all the buildings are really impressive. And now it's like a yeah, burnt out building. It's like why was, there was a fire? I don't know. I guess there must have been a fire. Mm. But um, anyway, it's like owned by the Russell Trust Association, which is like the uh, business name basically. Yeah. I guess for... oh, the the legitimate business behind yeah. the school and boat site. Yeah. Um so uh yeah, so as well as like I, you know I mentioned like they added women for the yeah. first time in the early 90s. It was 1991. It caused like a big rift in the society cuz like, you know, mm. loads of the old timers were like, "Nah, I don't want women and I don't want non-whites. I'm a racist, misogynist burr." Yeah. You know that kind of people. Uh um, in 1991, they tapped some women to join the society, and there was like uh, loads of the old bonesmen rebelled. They actually like locked the tomb and like took away the key, so they couldn't get into the tomb, and they had to have their meetings in like a different place and stuff. So, wait, the, so the old boys are like there as well. All the time. well, it's like you're a bonesman for life. 
Yeah. And it's like some of these guys are like, you know, some of the most influential people in the world. I bet world. they all came back when they heard the women yeah. were in this well, race. Have you ever heard of William F. Buckley? You know William F. Buckley? I heard the name. The ve- very influential, uh, basically public intellectual from like the 50s and 60s and onwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, re- there's a really good documentary actually on Netflix about the um, d- the the debate he had with uh, Gore, v- uh, Gore Vidal. Yeah. Called I think it's called Best of Enemies. Really fantastic watch. I definitely mm. suggest that. But he led the group of uh, Skull and Bones alumni against like women getting in. He's that kind of guy. He's like a proper right wing yeah. arsehole. Uh, but they had like a vote, and it won uh, 368 to 320 to let women in. So Tight. women are allowed in now. So yeah, but yes, as you were saying, I'm getting on to this point now. The reason there's so many like conspiracy theories and mysterious stuff and like worry about the Skull and Bone Society is because of the prevalence oh. of incredibly powerful people in their alumni. Is yeah. it like an equivalent for Britishers of like? The Bullingdon Club. Or comedy and footlights, like... Yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's basically like that. It, it started off where, in like, famous people were, or influential people were in the society, but now it's also a way, if you get into the society, to become influential. Yes. Yeah, yeah I, I assume if you get in Skull and Bones, you, that's like peak networking, isn't it? Yeah. That, that is having a, a, an extremely close relationship to a few hundred extremely very powerful I would people. just... Yeah, absolutely. I've just I've jotted down a few of like some of the most notable members, and I'll I'll read them out to you now. So there's the aforementioned Taft, mm-hmm. President Taft, 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 uh, and William F. Buckley as well. Very you mm-hmm. know influential public intellectual. George W. Bush, W. George H. W. Bush, <laughs> George Bones. Bush uh, Senior. Second dimension on the show. <laughs> Skull and bones. Yeah, yeah. So uh, both, you know, both the Bushes have been presidents. So that's three presidents in total have been former Bonesmen. Uh, James Jesus Angleton, who's known as the mother of the CIA for some reason. I don't know why not the father of the CIA. I didn't really look into him. He got the idea from someone and then he actually gave birth to it. <laughs> An egg. He's Maybe. Uh, John Kerry. Big up. So, I don't know why. you know that meet in the 2004 US presidential election, both um. both candidates were bonesmen. Huh. <laughs> bones v. Bones. Harold Stanley, one of the founders of Morgan Stanley. Bank. Okay. Yeah, uh, rich man. Austin Goolsby, who was Obama's chairman of the Council of Economic Advisors. Uh, so, like, loads, loads of really influential people, basically. Loads of people really high up in, like, the economic world or in, in like, politics and stuff. Yeah. Only yet, a few really high-profile ones, like some really powerful people, but they're all like not household names except yeah. for like a few. So that's what you yeah. know, kind of makes it a bit more. It's not like mysterious. Scientology where it all seemingly is actors. And... No, it's all very secretive. In fact, there was a um, there's a great clip on YouTube you can find of George W. Uh, George H. W. Bush, George Bush Senior, being asked about it in. Um, being asked about skull and bones during like a debate or like a talk or something and uh there's a rule in skull and bones that if anyone outside of skull and bones brings up skull and bones in the presence of a bonesman that bonesman has to leave the room oh and he doesn't leave the room but like you know some journalist asked him about it and he goes like well don't make me have to leave the room ah and then um (laughs) there's a the, the funnier video though is when George W. Bush is asked about it 
and he just like looks so fake incredulous at it. Like he's like, "Is that thing still going?" <laughs> like it's like I never heard no. It's well, like skulls, skulls, and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know it's still going. So, so like. You know, these are all quite influential people and therefore quite rich. Yes, very why, much. Why the fuck is their island burnt down? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. I don't know. They have like their own trust. Why, why is the, that? The, why is their why main, main clubhouse all ratty? Yeah. Well, maybe that's what they want us to think. Maybe they have like another island that's like their actual base. Maybe. Maybe they have, you know. But like, um, yeah, they are rich. And like, you know, uh, Skull and Bones members still, when they graduate Yale today, they get like a little bit of money. Like from yeah from the organ from the skull and bones well from done. the order here's a few k yeah it's pretty much I don't know exactly how much it is obviously that's a yeah. secret too but yeah that's the thing but obviously uh, so because of all the powerful and influential people who are bonesmen there's lots of conspiracy theories about it yeah uh, you know people thinking they're like um, they control the CIA because uh. like people involved with the founding of the CIA were bonesmen and stuff you know. It's kind of like that, you know, like, uh, people think behind the closed doors, in the tomb, they're actually not just, you know, socializing or having a fun party or, like, doing some mad, stupid traditional rituals. They're actually, like, pulling the strings, you know. Of course, we know they're not, because we pull the strings. Yeah. Mm. This the is the secret the society you need to worry about. Or do we? Anyway, I'll, uh... Finish off with some wacky facts about them, basically. Wacky facts. So, there's quite a few, basically. I just thought, like, the, the proper mad stuff I'd leave to the end and just go in, like, one bit. Is this the wacky music? Uh, I thought it was the different one. <laughs> <laughs> that was Wii music. Wii, Wii menu music. It was a bit. Anyway, uh, so... Uh, wacky fact number one. Uh, oh, God damn it. God damn it. Gone. The world's worst drum roll. I hate it. Um, so, this is one of the more well-known sort of things they're supposed to do in the initiation. They have to masturbate in a coffin. In a coffin? Like they're, they're inside the coffin they're... or they masturbate into a coffin? Both. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> but um, it's like, obviously, this is all hearsay. Everything is not confirmed kind of thing. Yeah. Some people say, in fact, they have to uh, masturbate into a skull. Ooh. There's a lot What of... did the women do? I'm not sure. Well, now, with the skull. now, apparently that's not been done for ages, <laughs> according to uh, the guy who did the Reddit AMA. He says nowadays... All new initiates have to uh, just reveal their sexual history, like that's part of the initiation. But they don't make them like wank. Why would they want them to do that? What reveal their yeah. sexual history? Yeah, and I guess how it's would a they know? It? Thing. I guess how would they know it's thing. true? I gu- I guess it's a trust thing. <laughs> Both ways, trust. It's all about. I guess if you're in yeah. like a brotherhood like that, it's like there's a lot of trust involved. Um, 
they, you know, if they're going to add these people to their mad secret order, they want to be able to know that they can trust them. So it's like, yeah. tell us everything. And or you... blackmail them should they yeah. try and betray the society. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but any, anyway... Um, Which is why would you tell them anything bad? If they, How would they know? I don't know. Because if they then found out that you lied to them... They got powerful people who can just whack you. Yes. Yeah. But uh, you know how I said earlier that guy who did the Reddit AMA, there was one man fact that I thought I'd bring up. Yeah, go on. That you were excited to hear. So, uh, yeah, someone asked him on Reddit, like, what's the, um, you know, the inside of the tomb is secret. There's some supposed photographs, but no concrete evidence of what actually the inside of the tomb looks like, blah, blah, blah. What's the weirdest thing inside the tomb? Right. The Nazi room. A Nazi room. Apparently, according to this AMA, there's a room in the tomb, just floor to ceiling covered, just everywhere with like Nazi paraphernalia, like you know, actual like Nazi flags and like swastika medals and armbands and everything. Purpose? No. Is but... it like a thing? Are they Nazis? I don't. Well, well, yeah. Well, well, what well, I don't know, but uh, a lot of conspiracy theorists and like. Just, just to be clear, there are a lot, a lot of conspiracy theories into the Skull and Bone Society. I'm just dipping, not even my toe, but like the edge of like my toenail into this conspiracy pond. So, <laughs> just so you realise that. It is okay, a mucky pond. It's a mucky pond. But like, uh, so there are a lot of conspiracy theorists and just, uh, not even conspiracy theorists, but just people who generally think they have a Skull and Bone Society have like a lot of ties to white nationalism or... They're bad news, man. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know if I believe that so hard because, like, I've seen, like, they, they publish, like, the members mm. sort of thing. Like, it's not that secret. They publish the members. They always have published the members. It's just, like, the goings-on that are kept secret. Right. And, like, um, the guy in the Reddit AMA was like, look, we are quite diverse now. This is, like, the list of names that got inducted last year. And they were, like, like honestly, like, three quarters of them were, like, really foreign names. Yeah. And I'm not just talking, like, French people. I'm talking, like, you know, like, Arab names and things. Yeah. So, you know, I think they are quite It's hard to believe then, if that's true that. But that then this is the same guy who said that there on. was the Nazi room. So, you know, take everything with a yeah. pinch of salt. But then, in, in that case, say that if there's more like Middle Eastern names and Asian names, is that maybe because they've become more influential? Like well, their fathers and. Well, there was a good stuff. spread. That was just an example. There was a good spread yeah. of different kinds of names, is what I'm trying to say. It, was, it, it could was all a, be a lie, though, they say. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> God, everything could be a lie. The cake is a lie. Everything's a lie. Here's a wacky thing they also do. Members measure time five minutes out of sync with the rest of us. So if you're a bonesman, all your watches, all your clocks are set five minutes out of sync. Ahead or behind? Uh, to you. I don't know. I think that's a mystery as well. But, uh, you know... Just look at George Bush's watch. You know what? (laughs) Maybe that's why he's late to stuff. (laughs) But, uh, you know what they call... Our time, what we, uh, the time we're on, muggle barbarian time. time, not far muggle time. It's so fratty. That's like North like... Korea because they're half an hour ahead of every, like. Are they really? That's, yeah, that's well, weird. they are. They are on most glorious leaders' time. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so they have nicknames as well. So when you become a bonesman, you have a nickname, and the nicknames are the same for every class of bonesman. And it, you get like so every year has its own blah yeah, blah. Yeah, you get own. you get like given the nickname depending on certain things. So the tallest person is called Long Devil. Uh, whoever the football captain is, if they've gotten a football captain that year, is called Boaz. Uh, and apparently, apparently, according to this one quite 
wacky sounding conspiracy theorist guy on YouTube I listen to, so take this with a very big pinch of salt. Apparently the most sexually experienced bonesman is known as Magog. Magog. That's probably why they ask everyone, just just yeah. to find out who to give their own nickname yeah. to. But guess who was Magog, apparently, when he was in... Uh, George Bush. George H.W. Bush. Oh. The first one. Yeah, the first one. He's the less sexy of the two uh, Bush presidents, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, unless... I'm not calling George W. Bush sexy. But you like... don't know what the rest of the cohort was like, though. Maybe W. was up against some real studs, and, yeah. and George <laughs> H. W. was in a class full of nerds or something. Maybe, but maybe maybe George H. W. was just like really getting it all the time. <sighs> maybe. Anyway, uh, I'll tell you this one last thing, which is quite a despicable thing that they do, to be honest. Uh, they have a practice known as crooking, the Skull and Bone Society. It's, they call it crooking. It's basically just stealing stuff could be stealing stuff from other societies is how it started. I think they'd like, right. you know, steal like their mascot or whatever. You Panty know. raid. Yeah, that, that kind of idea, like fratty kind of stuff as well. But it escalated and uh, they've apparently... Uh, they stole someone's life. No, but skulls. Apparently they're... The no, pa- they go grave robbing. Allegedly, they're in possession of the skulls of Pancho Villa, Martin Van Buren, uh, no, another former president of the US, and Geronimo... The uh, Native American, yeah. uh, you know, tribal chief. Now, uh, the guy in the AMA said that, like, yeah, we have Geronimo's skull. This is Geronimo's one is like the most controversial one. Apparently, Prescott Bush stole it. Who's uh, George W. Bush's granddad, George H. W. Bush's dad, oh, and nice. a general piece of shit who apparently like, like, gave the Nazis a load of support when he was alive and stuff. Uh, maybe but, that's why they have the Nazi room. Nazi room. Yeah, maybe. But anyway, Prescott Bush uh, stole Geronimo's skull during World War One, I, I think. And uh, right. And apparently, and, and like they found a letter like recently, I think in the nineties or the two thousands, and it was like a letter they think from Prescott Bush, basically saying like, "Yes, we have it in the tomb now, the uh, skull of the accursed Geronimo or some shit like that." I don't know. And was it some racist shit? Well, it's like, well, there's a whole bit, that's a whole other topic, but there's a whole big thing about Native American remains and people like disturbing them, people disturbing them and people taking them as like, you know, trinkets basically. Yeah. And the thing is, uh, in a lot of Native American tribes, a lot of Native American tribes, you have to be buried whole, like with all your bones for you to have like a peaceful afterlife. Yeah. So Geronimo's family for like decades have been going like, yo, can we have like, Geronimo's skull back so that his soul can like rest peacefully and they're just like denying they have it kind of thing um but like you know they even filed like a lawsuit in like 2009 against skull and bones itself but they're too powerful yeah basically they got too much so um probably never get Geronimo's skull back if if if, if they do have it in the tomb well if we try getting to skull and bones yeah. We can rob Geronimo's skull back. We, we wouldn't be able to. The rescue mission. Well, you have, do you have to be a Yale? You have to go to Yale. And well, you ha- why can't you have we to go be to Yale? You have to be an undergraduate as well. So Why if, can't if, we get fake identities, move to America, and get to Yale as undergrads? I mean, I guess you could. But then you'd have to, like, kill it. You'd have to kill it enough to be tapped. Yeah, but if we but, um, wreck Geronimo's soul oh, rest, 15. then our afterlifes are locked, aren't they? With good karma. So <laughs> yeah, much karma yeah. in the bank. Exactly. If any bonesmen are listening to this... And we get to, this, to see in the tomb. Yeah, but if any bonesmen yeah. are listening to this... Ignore the the shady plan we just said. We'd like to join. <laughs> yeah. No, I was going to say, just give Geronimo Skull... If you do oh, have yeah, it, do, give though. Geronimo on, like, Skull back. Yeah, it's messed on. up, man. Yeah. 
Let him rest in peace. Well, that was... And also, uh, what happened on the island? If yeah. you know what happened on the Skull and Bones. Yeah, what happened on Deer Island? Get in touch with the elders. I chamber. reckon they just torched it as a decoy and got, like, another island, and that's where they actually have their weird, like, human sacrifices or whatever. Or the super apes escaped the cages. <laughs> <laughs> and they had to torch. Or George W. just had a mad party. <laughs> yeah, just literally fucked so much Burned on that the island ground. that it got raised. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. no. Yeah, he flicked his cigarette after banging. And... Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, shit. Dude. I didn't think stone could burn like that. <laughs> I, think, I think we've solved it. That's all we've got time for this week. Do let us know your favourite Skull and Crossbones uh, site conspiracy theory. It's just Skull and Bones. It's just, just Skull and Bones. Skull, I mean, it means the same thing, but that's yeah. their name. Yeah. Well, well yeah. yeah. We'll see you next week, then. Next week, buddies. It will be indeed. Yeah. Have a good time. Oh, here we go oh, now. Oh, here we go. Whoop, 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 Chamber of the Elders. Chamber of the Elders. Chamber of the Elders. Easter eggs. Chamber of the Elders.